Okay, welcome to the Every Day is a New Day show. My name is Kim O'Neill, and again, I'm very excited for today's conversation. We are going to be talking about the spiritual lawyer. I have a very intelligent, brave, awesome guest today who's going to be talking to us about bringing spirituality into the legal profession. I'm very excited about that. So, okay, before we move on though, what are we gonna do? We're gonna take a moment to shake off yesterday. Shake it off, shake it off, take a deep breath in, move your body in whatever way feels natural, authentic for you. We can choose to step out of the past. We can even choose to step out of the future, bringing our energy and focus back into the present moment because this is where you can access your power. This is where you can show up most fully, really taking in, enjoying being fully present in this moment. So whatever it is, feel free to go ahead and take this moment to let it go. What a beautiful gift. Even, even if you don't watch beyond this moment, I invite you to do that right now for yourself. Take that deep breath in, exhale what is unwanted, inhale what is wanted coming back into you. Doesn't that always feel so good? It feels so good to me. I love, love, love it. I hope you join me in that. Okay. I'm going to move on to sharing a quote that is in line with today's topic. And it is a two-parter here just to fit on the screen. The quote is, your profession is not what brings home your weekly paycheck. Your profession is what you're put here on earth to do with such passion and such intensity that it becomes spiritual and calling. And that quote is attributed to Vincent Van Gogh. I researched and researched it and it appears to be a Vincent Van Gogh quote. So I'm going to share that one more time because I love it. Your profession is not what brings home your weekly paycheck. Your profession is what you're put here on earth to do with such passion and such intensity that it becomes spiritual and calling. Mm, how does that resonate with you? I was talking earlier about uh, doing things that allow us to be congruent with who we are and the work that we do in the world. What a fulfilling experience that would be, right? Is, is, we get to do that. Okay, let me share with you a little bit more about today's guest, and then we're going to bring her up on screen. Today, we are speaking with Patricia Wu. Patricia Wu is a spiritual leader. And she is also a fund, trust, and tax lawyer who co-heads the family office cross-practice team for Squire Patton Boggs in Hong Kong. There she helps global ultra high net worth families set up, restructure, and operate investment-centric, service-centric, and comprehensive value-centric family offices. In addition to her work as a lawyer, she is an adjunct assistant professor at the College of Law of National Chungchi University of Taiwan, an attorney author with LexisNexis. She holds BA degrees, bachelor's degrees in philosophy and economics, and is currently pursuing her master of science degree in consciousness, spirituality, and transpersonal psychology. Patricia was the recipient of the 2021 Global Law Experts Annual Awards Private Client Lawyer of the Year in Hong Kong, and she was also recognized as a City Wealth Top 100 International Power Women in 2019, among numerous other awards and public recognitions she's received. She's a highly accomplished lady, and today we're going to be talking about bringing spirituality into legal practice. So with that, 
I want to welcome Patricia to the show. Welcome, Patricia. Hi, 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 Kim. Hi, everyone. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Absolutely. I so love that you are embracing this topic and um, I'm going to say rebelling, rebelling, others might say. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. <laughs> well, why not? It's exciting. Why not? Um, I know. <laughs> well, okay, before we get, get into more of that, um, can you just elaborate a little bit more on what it means to be a family office specialist lawyer? Well, I work with ultra high net worth families and some people I work with are on the rich list. So for okay. that kind of family, they have a lot of demand for, for example, like organizing an internal fund to invest. They have need for like complicated like trust structures, tax planning, immigration, like for tax residency, so on and so forth. So it's, it's a it's a comprehensive system that I'm putting together for them so that they can manage their family business, family assets, and family relationship. So it wow. calls for a deep connection between myself and my clients because once they come in, we, we tend to work together for an extremely long time. So it's a very personal and, of course, professional relationship. So, okay, now let's let's move right into. Um, well, how long have you been a lawyer now? Um, too long, I suppose. <laughs> like, well, I cannot remember. Like, I don't know. Like, more than fifteen years. Okay. Okay. So, 16, and I, 15, I cannot remember. But I've I been doing this to... family office work for for like around thirteen years. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And I just wanted to ask that to give context to mm -hmm. the rest of our conversation. So, so, so people know how long you've been in, been um, doing what you currently do. So let's dive into your spiritual journey. So just in general, what has your spiritual journey in life been like? Well, I've always been spiritually sensitive. I can feel, um, um, bodily sensation of other people, I can see aura, I can, I use crystals um, since a very young age, but it wasn't until okay. 2016 that I formally brought in spirituality and as part of my work. It happened when I had, I went through a really bad breakup and I couldn't sleep for two months. Like, and then one day, like really early, like in the morning, I kind of woke up and couldn't go back to sleep. And I was, I've been seeing a psychic like in the UK and she had this website. There are pages about angels and archangels, but I never pay attention to those pages. So that morning I was kind of like looking at her website and I saw a page about Archangel of the Day and it's Archangel Raphael. And I thought, this is probably my Archangel because I needed healing both physically and emotionally. So I read a prayer, then I fell asleep. Then I saw myself in the dream surrounded by animals and usually I'm not very close to animals so it's kind of not not very much myself so it made an impression so I talked to the the psychic like that afternoon and she told me you have made a connection with the archangels and then she heard my story about like breaking up and stuff and then she said well why don't you ask Archangel Michael to help you cut the cord of negativity between you and that person 
And I hesitated at first, but then after two days, I thought, well, why not give it a try? And then I tried it and it worked. And I was able to go back to normal sleeping patterns, like within days. Then wow. I, the angels are really help, helping and they were with me throughout the entire healing process. Then I started to think if they could help me, I suppose they can help me help other people. Wow. Uh, when you go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I well, didn't you... ask for... go. <laughs> Oh sorry, yeah, that's okay. We've you know, we've probably got yep. a little lag because of the, yep. the time yep. difference. But I was just gonna ask you specifically about the the cord cutting. Now, did you yep. ask any specific archangel like Archangel Raphael archangel to help Michael. you with that? Archangel Michael. Archangel Yeah, yep. okay. I, I've done that too, and it's it's powerful. It works. <laughs> I actually have Archangel Gabriel here, here, right here. Oh, nice. Yep. Wow. Well, okay. Can please continue. Share now how um, you asked if they could help you with helping other people, and how did things begin to evolve in that direction? Well. A client, a long-time client, has been with me for five years, came in, and then they were telling me about difficulties that they have in operating the family office, and we looked at everything that we set up for them from a legal perspective, and it's, it's completely fine. Then I started to ask them, like, anything else that happened to you recently, and then they were disclosing to me, um, like, spiritual events and and emotional and mental events that they experience, wow. purely negative ones. Um, then at the end of that meeting, we were, I gave them three pages of notes, one page about the legal stuff, two pages about spirituality, because I wanted them to understand that even if we have the perfect documents, even if we have the perfect legal structure, without mental and spiritual health and the people running the family office is not going to work as well as they like. So this is the first experience that I had about the necessity of bringing the tangible and the intangible together for a family office, for any family system to work. And that's the very weekend I decided to go for a formal degree in transpersonal psychology because I wanted to help people who are not used to using spirituality like myself. They can also benefit from spirituality in a systematic way. And I was thinking maybe um, an academic qualification will give credibility to, to my work style. So this is how it kind of all started coming into place like and, and it kind of leads to the research that I've been doing, like the other degrees and programs that I've been pursuing. Yeah. What what was the response you got when you told that first client um, about how spiritual health is important and you wanted to bring that into the session? How did they respond? Oh, it's they responded really well. They um there are a lot of details that I cannot disclose okay. here. But then, right, right. But then, but then I've known them for so long, and and they never knew this spiritual side of me, and 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 I never knew about their spiritual side, and it's supposed to be like um, an hour long meeting, and it turned out to be a three hour long discussion, deep discussion, with 
like all of us are, like embracing each other and crying <laughs> together. Oh, so well, so it, okay. Here. Well, and based on what you shared about that particular client, I can see if they're having unpleasant spiritual experiences, there probably was a degree of relief in hearing that you're willing to talk about that and go there. And um, I can see that that being a source of, of comfort for that, I would imagine for that, for that client. Have you, go ahead. I suppose it's more than comfort because the, the goal there is to, for them to transform. Transform in the sense that it's not a bad thing to have negative spiritual experience so long as you understand where it comes from. And so long wow. they understand that it's possible to transform and transmute the negativity into positivity. What I told my client is the fact that you are given the experience, you're able to, for example, feel different things, things that might not be the most pleasant. It means that you can use the same ability to tap into the higher beings. You can also have the benefit of communicating with a higher being so that they can tell you what to do instead of just suffering from attacks, for example, from the negative ones. And I actually gave her a book by written by Kyle Gray, and she mm -hmm. took it with her like um, and read it. It's I cannot remember the exact name of that book but the reason I gave her that book was there's a a depiction um, of Kyle being able to see ghosts at, the, at an early age and then he developed, he self-developed the ability to connect with the angels so I okay. wanted this client to understand that it's possible to, to turn her ability into very good use so it almost sounds like for I love that you have just phrased everything you just did. So it sounds like for those people having unpleasant spiritual experiences, it can be a gateway to connecting with positive spiritual experiences. Well, given their sensitivity. Okay. Wow. Um, have you have you had anybody else who um, didn't receive it so positively? And how did you... How did you deal with that kind of reaction? I've only, I think I've, I've only had one single experience. Like all of my clients, if, because okay. I'm quite intuitive myself. So when I talk to my client, if I hear messages, for example, from the ancestor or any spiritual message, I will have to tell them, but I am very careful as to when to tell them and how to tell them. But I know that I have the responsibility to, to tell them. And I've never had negative okay. feedbacks or, or negative reactions from my clients. Well, that's good. Yep. Okay. And the only one time that I had negative feedback is from an industry peer, a retired lawyer, okay. um, quite well known in the space. And he told me at a big conference that you should not tell people about seeing angels because you're going to lose all your credibility as a lawyer. And I told him, it's too late. I've been telling people, nope, I'm not going to stop. Oh, I love that, Patricia. I love that. So, okay, so I just have to uh, remind everyone, the Everyday is a New Day show is inspirational conversations about moving forward and choosing to be more of you. And that is exactly what I hear Patricia saying right now. She's like, no, no, this is what I do. This is what shows up for me. And I'm going to utilize this skill. I'm going to share this gift with others. 
I love that you are owning it and you're claiming it. Um, and that for the majority of people you're working with, it's received positively. Yep. I, yep. I love Indeed. that. <sighs> okay. So, um, what time? So, okay. So you typically work with, with families. Um, I was going to ask you what types of clients you work with, but you typically work with families and there's Wealthy high families. net worth, um, wealthy families. Okay. Do you tend to notice any other trends or patterns with the types of clients that come to you? And I guess, I guess what I'm getting at is I wonder if um, you tend to notice a theme with having to deliver spiritual messages to all of them on a well, certain not, topic not all or anything. Of them, not all of them, but when messages come naturally to me. Okay. Um, for example, they um, ancestors, they might actually come into the meeting room i mean invisible to them but but i know that they are around and there are messages that they want me to pass through and and i do that and sometimes um because i get a lot of messages in dreams i'm an active wow. dreamer <laughs> and and there are occasions where the ancestors came to my dreams before the clients did and the client they would be totally surprised by what they came to tell me there are occasions where they told they told me okay i didn't expect to tell you this i've never told anyone this but i'm telling you and for no reasons that i'm aware of and i told them actually your ancestor came last week telling me the same thing so it's them to, who wanted you to come and tell me this <laughs> do they do the messages you receive from ancestors do they ever give you any sort of um you know, details or identifying information to help that person know that like, yeah, yes, yeah. you actually received this. It, yeah. Well, the, okay. the information sometimes, as I said, came from the ancestors. Sometimes I'm just able to, because I'm quite, really quite intuitive myself. So I'm able to see mental pictures of what happened before or what happened between wow. people. So, okay. yeah, so I, I, as I said, I'm very careful in choosing the right time and the right way to present this, but I make sure that I do that because I believe that these messages, the information came to me with good reasons. Otherwise, they would not be sent to me. I rarely um, actively search for information. Um, oh, okay. I rarely right. do that. Um, so I'm just there because I wanted to be a good channel for the for the universe, like for anything higher, higher dimension, like higher being. So I just want to be that channel to make things happen for the greatest good of whoever's involved in the situation. Now you're getting another degree or another master's degree in transpersonal psychology right now. Um, will you explain to everyone, for anybody who's new to that term, what is what does that mean exactly? Well, transpersonal psychology, it's the fourth branch of psychology, which studies the relationship between people and anything that's bigger than people. For example, okay. my relationship with, um, with religion, spirituality, worldview. So it's a broad topic that basically study whatever that's not studied by the other three branches of psychology. Okay. And I'm loving it. I've been doing it for quite quite a number of years and I'm close to I started my final like um research thesis um and hopefully I'll be um 
yeah, um, getting the master's degree like in a few months. And and I'm thinking if they if the school is willing to have me, I would really love to do a PhD degree, like doing deeper research. Mm-hmm. I've been doing a lot of research, like transpersonal psychology research with um, my own clients and people in, in the group as participants. And, and I feel that I'm filling a, a gap, a huge gap. Um, research into wealthy families, for example, they're either into the, the technical, like legal, financial planning side of things, or even for psychology research, it would be um, like quantitative research on, for example, the, the level of happiness, how it's tied to the level of wealth and income. But rarely people look at the inner world of the wealthy families and and from a, a more, for example, like intuitive um, body felt sense perspective. So I, I'm trying to fill that gap and can present a fuller, more descriptive picture of what's really going on inside. That could be a whole other conversation, but I, I am going to ask uh, just one question in case mm-hmm. there's anything readily available you'd like to share there. So, uh, so you know, I'm very aware just with understanding law of attraction and, and energy, basically that, you know, high vibration, so high vibration emotions, yep. the yep. emotions that feel good, um, yep. those are more abundant emotions. Um, and you working with healthy, are you working with wealthy families? Um, what is the trend you tend to see? Would you say that wealthy families are super happy? And if not, um, and I'm not making any assumptions, I'm just curious mm-hmm. though, what you notice, because, um, I also know that wealth and abundance can grow. Mm-hmm. You don't have to be happy necessarily to grow your money. So mm-hmm. what, what is what would you like to say about that? Well, first of all, I would like to say that wealthy families come in all shapes and sizes. So so I can only tell you um, the wealthy families that I've worked with and I've seen. And I am probably biased because, as you said, law of, law of attraction. So mm-hmm. I tend to attract people who are more like me than not. So Makes sense. I, yeah, so I am a... a quite a positive person so the families that I work with they are positive people and they are generally grateful I'm not saying that they are not without difficulties right Um, this research that I'm doing right now we focus on the negative aspects of wealth to begin with and then we explore wealth as a notion eventually we look at the transformative potential of wealth so they from within which each family, there would be obstacles, there would be um, disagreements, there would be difficulties. But then, it, wealthy or not, they, I think there are generally um, obstacles that have to be overcome anyway. But, but in my case, people I work with, they are generally grateful for the wealth that they have. For example, um, I... I was doing a complicated tax planning exercise for a family. And before we started this meeting, because they have been going to a number of advisors and every time it didn't work for them and, and the family was slightly discouraged. By the time they reached us, like, we wanted to start things anew. So we we had a long meeting with them. And I really appreciated the, the, patri- the, the patriarch who asked to do a prayer together before the meeting. And it's 
it was such a moving moment because he said in his prayer that we know that the money, although it appears to belong to us, we are only the custodian. We are handing over this to you so that the best planning comes and the money kept can be deployed for the for the best intention. Oh, that's wonderful. So I, I, I love what you highlighted. You basically affirmed the value of gratitude because yep. being grateful what we currently have yep. grows and creates more. So what, is there any sort of spiritual message, um, uh, any sort of spiritual message that uh, you think most families would benefit from receiving? We're talking generically here now, but does anything come to mind for you? Well, people come together for reasons. But I insist, a good reason. Sometimes you might not like um, your family. Sometimes you might find your mother necking a bit too much. They, um, your sister always asking for your time and your attention. I mean, there, there are things that, that might mock you in your family. But then there are good reasons for people to be brought together as a family. And we are each other's mirror. We're here to learn. Okay, so uh, Patricia and I just had some major static, or at least I did on my end, and so we had to pivot, and we're coming back to our questions. Uh, Patricia, I, I want to ask you, you're also in a marriage and family therapy program and uh, currently getting certified in emotion-focused therapy, and that this work is also going to, of course, benefit the work that you're currently doing with your families, the clients that you have. Um, Say a little bit more about how all that comes together and how you're able to better serve your clients. Well, like most things that happened in my life, um, for example, I walked into the family office space like accidentally. I was asked by a friend to set up a family office and I did not even know that that fund that I set up for him was a family office. And I accidentally walked into spirituality and transpersonal psychology and so did I when I stepped into the psychotherapy space. Um, I never really thought about doing psychology because I, because spirituality itself is broad enough, deep enough for me to explore as a, as a subject. But then it's a client to ask for help from the family therapy perspective that, that kind of led me um, down that road. And um, it's a client, a long-time client, she originally came to me for like complicated trust and tax issues and family office issues. And then one day I received an email from her like describing a family situation and she wanted me to to be there for them, like handling a range of things and then including she requested like help with family therapy. And wow. by then I only had like um like a, a a very short training, like a few day workshop training in family therapy. Then this client came in and I used my like integral approach to family office model and we talked about finance, banking, insurance, will, trust, funds, family office. And then at the end of the conversation, 
family therapy came in. And it's a four-hour-long conversation. And that's the moment I realized that, like, psychotherapy, family, individual, even couple therapy, it's just so relevant. And that's the moment I decided, like, in order to help her and to help other future clients or any existing clients with the same needs, this is probably another direction to, to pursue. So this is how I looked for yet another program. And I found one in the U.S. and and I'm halfway through that program. Um, and it's really useful because it kind of connects the the spirituality um, work that I've been doing for family. Assuming mm-hmm. spirituality is here, psychology kind of fills the gap in giving a even more systematic approach in how spirituality can be brought into daily lives of people and the family as a whole. So I'm kind of like putting these two elements together in yeah. my research and in my daily practice. So it's really useful to me. I don't know about other people, but this is how I use it. And as for emotion-focused therapy, um, this is actually inspired by an immediate ex-boyfriend. Um, he he had some like really unexpected emotional like reaction, and it's and it's not very pleasant and. I was trying to make sense of what happened and why he behaved that way. And and I talked to someone in, in, in the program that I'm doing in the US. And then this person recommended um, emotion-focused therapy. And I started reading around the topic and it really intrigued me and it helped me as well. And so I'm doing this program not only to help other people, but to help myself because I am having difficulties like getting along with my mother. Um, from a very young age, and this is part of the reason that I kind of avoided confrontational legal work until recently. And so I really wanted to address this like for myself as well. And I spare an entire day reading around the topic, like around Chinese New Year, and this is the first time that I felt that I was eventually doing something for myself. I'm studying oh, wow. something not for other people, but for myself. And of course, like this helped not only me but other people because I believe mm-hmm. that as a lawyer who works so closely with people, my service level is only as good as I am as a person. Absolutely, and that's a fantastic segue. Well, before you get into the segue, um, wow, what a um, enriching experience it sounds like to work with you, but also the range of services that you're offering your clients. That sounds like a really beautiful gift that you're able to speak to these different aspects of families and all these things that may factor into business decisions and legal decisions, things like that. So um, I think that's really wonderful. Well, as, as a lawyer, I mean, there are paperwork that we do, there are like tax planning, trust planning that we do for clients. And, and of course, this has to be done perfectly. But as I said before, like, all the work, all the legal work, all the tangible work are necessary, but not sufficient. You have to bring in the intangible side of things. And most of the work that I'm doing, besides the legal drafting and all the, the legal stuff that you expect from a lawyer, the, the most important things that I'm doing with my client is to readjust the energy. If they come from a fear-based situation, 
if they embed this fear into infrastructure, it's going to be expanded, it's going to be brought along for the future generations, and I'm sure they don't want that. Wow. So what's really important here is we want to put in things that are positive. So it's a redirection from fear to love. It's always that. Patricia, okay, so what I hear is you are helping release generational trauma from the legal aspect of of how things are being put into place. Partly, partly, yes. Yes, indeed. That's fascinating. I love that. So, so that takes us right back to the segue I was referencing a moment ago. Let's talk about looking inward more. Um, you know, say more about what the significance for the people that you work with is. Well, in the market, family office, especially like people handling tangible things for a group of people. For example, like investing the, the family asset, like we're doing tax planning, like fund structuring for our clients. These are all things that we can touch and see and measure. And we're doing it not for maybe one person, but for a group of people. Looking inward, it's as important because people react to the actions that we take externally. And in order for the family and the person to achieve equilibrium, we have to be prepared that whatever action we take, there will be internal reaction. Internal reactions triggers external events. So it's, it's a system that all interconnected. So the inner world can simply not be ignored. So looking inward means like giving attention to, to the often ignored world that exists and as important. So I've been, the research that I've been doing um, for transpersonal psychology, a lot of it is to help people to give people a model and the tools to use to, to look inward. Okay. Emotion focused therapy, focusing, for example, like Eugene Gannon's focusing, um, help people use their bodily felt sense to unearth emotions that's hidden and suppressed. And that's another good way to, to look inward as well. So there are a lot of work to be done to, to turn inward. And this is, recently I've been asked to do a speech on future um, ready family office. And the argument is no one can control what happens externally, but if you want to get yourself future ready, you have to look inward. Oh, that's that's a good one. If you want to get yourself future ready, you have to look inward. It, yep. Do you have any clients who tend to resist that? I wouldn't say they resist, but then they are so used to, for example, like using the brain. They have to give them a safe environment so that they can like relax and let the guard down and then be comfortable looking inward. It's, it's a process. I wouldn't say it's yeah. resistant. Like they do not resist intentionally, but, but this is okay. something that's totally doable. Wow. I want to touch on, as we near towards the end of today's conversation, I want to touch on life purpose. Um, I know that that's something that you wanted to bring into today's conversation. What what specifically would you like to say about that? I've been asked a number of times, like, um, people wanted me to tell them their life purpose. And this is the one question that I don't respond to, because I believe wow. that every single person should find his or her life purpose on his or her own. 
this is how how I found mine. I I I heard a voice telling me like during a meditation that you have to touch people's hearts. And then I looked up and I was thinking, all right, and asking, okay, can you tell me how I do it? And then no response. But then when time passes, things that happen to me on a daily basis, they taught me bit by bit how to do it. And once I found my life purpose, I know what is right for me and what is not right for me. Anything that's aligned with my life purpose, it's right. Anything that's not, it's not. And how do you know? So, so of course, this goes right back to the value of looking inward, because that way you can you can uh, hear your intuition, trust your intuition, more of that. Um, all of that comes full circle, but that's also kind of like a muscle that people build where it takes practice over time. So, so there was a question. I, re I really there. like how you described it because this is exactly the work that I've been doing with family, except telling them like how the tax law changes, like how to protect their assets, like how to structure to make investments, building and help them exercise the intuitive muscle. Mm -hmm. to help them believe in themselves a bit more yeah it's as important as legal work wow um what do you what do you wish more people knew about bringing the intangible spiritual world into the tangible world that that we all see what would you wish more people knew about combining those two well, most people think that the intangible is not measurable. It cannot be documented. It's, it doesn't have the same status as the tangible data, for example. So this is why I've been doing a lot of research. I've been planning other researches um, to, to try to document in a formal way, for example, like people's intuition, they, they um uh, messages that they get from um, intangible sources because there are a number of clients who came and tell me that they do not feel comfortable talking to other people about this because they don't want to be judged and they they feel that people might not believe them and usually I would tell them that we are in a formal research so so this is going to be properly documented it has the same academic like respect that any other kind of research like give you. So this is something that I really want to make happen. Okay. Well, Patricia, where can people go to connect with you um, if they'd like to reach out to you after today's conversation? Um, I am with Scribe Pattern Box and uh, or you can search my name on Google. Um, then you will be able to find the, the web link and my contact details. Okay, wonderful. And so for all of our podcast only listeners, um, that's squirepattenbogs.com. And then just as she said, you can search for her name or if you're watching us on any of the video platforms today, you can see that link on the screen. I will spell out the first part of it for, for our audio listeners. Squire Patton Boggs is S-Q-U-I-R-E, P as in Paul, A-T-T-O-N as in Nancy, B-O-G-G-S dot com, squirepattenbox.com. Patricia, thank you so much for being here thank today. You. I feel like this is a conversation um, 
bringing the spiritual side of life into, you know, the, the visual, the tangible yep. side of life. To me, this is a conversation that I could have for days. And I love that you were um, so open to coming here and speaking about how you apply it in your profession. So thank you. Thank you. Thanks very much. Absolutely. So, okay. So Patricia, I'm just going to drop you back down into the lobby for a moment while I close out the show and yep. then I'll see you again very soon. Okay. Oh, wow. How, how did you receive today's conversation talking about the spiritual lawyer, talking about bringing the intangible side of life into the tangible side of life? I want to go back to something that Patricia was talking about earlier, just the credibility aspect of it, right? Um, you know, fortunately, she's had so many people who are receptive to, to bringing in spirituality into her sessions. But there is that one person out there and there's always that, that at least one person, right? He's going to say, no, don't do that. Don't do that because then it might look like this, right? Or people are going to think that. And here's what I want to say is the decision is always yours of what's right for you. And sure, there may be some reasons why, you know, we may decide not to combine those things or speak on those things at certain times. And I see that our world is transforming to bring it all together. And the part about Patricia specifically, what I want to say is she is massively credible already. If you take a look at her Squire Patton Boggs site, you're going to see just how much credibility she has behind her. So um, that's even what brings all this just even, it makes it even more powerful. Um, and I see a lot of people in our world doing that today. So if you are one of those people bringing the spiritual side of life into the tangible, the credible, the uh, maybe head-driven aspect of whatever it is you do in the world, I just want to say kudos to you, power to you, keep doing what you're doing. You are helping so many people be able to connect those dots and embrace even more of who they are and what they have on the inside of them. Thank you for what you're doing. Let me know what you're taking away from today's conversation, whether you viewed us on Facebook, YouTube, LinkedIn. Uh, I do appreciate all your comments, like, subscribe, share, all that kind of stuff. And remember that every day is always a new day. Wherever you are today does not have to be where you are tomorrow. And that's a metaphor and a literal statement. You get to choose. You get to make that shift in any moment so that you can have that new day experience for you. Have an amazing day. I'll see y'all again very, very soon.